0: Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Hello, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online at Packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, Pack underscore data app. So today I want to, well, look, bottom line is the draft is kind of all-encompassing, so that's what we're going to be talking about up until the draft. Um, So this is maybe going to be like an NFL draft podcast with a strong Packers bent to it. Does that make sense? Which is essentially what the live stream is going to be. It's about the NFL draft, but it's always going to come back to how does this impact the Packers. Sort of a, yeah, but how does that impact me kind of a situation. Because ultimately that's what it is. I care about the Packers because I'm a Packers fan. So this whole show and this whole podcast is about selfishness. Life lesson for you kids. You're welcome. But the fact of the matter is, what happens at 12, what happens at 30, whatever, is all dependent on what happens with all the other teams around us and as much as everybody seems to be feeling like, oh, man, I'm pretty comfortable, and I've, I've heard people say this, like, look, we kind of know what's going to happen one through four, five, six. It just kind of gets weird around like eight, like at the Lions. It's like, dude, I, no offense, you're bad at this. Granted, I do remember one year in particular where pretty much everybody was doing the same mock and it was boring and the draft went almost exactly like every single mock draft. That ain't going to be this year. There's no way. I mean, first of all, there aren't that unanimous of drafts out there right now. That was, that was horrible. I wish, I gotta go back and figure out which mock. That was like three or four years ago, maybe two, three, three, I'm three. I'm gonna I'm just gonna say three. I feel like it's a good solid number. But it was like, every time a team came up, it was like, okay, so now you're gonna pick this team, right? And then they did. And then the next team was like, okay, so now it's this player, right? And it's like, yep. And it's like, ah, this is just boring. Until it obviously got to the Packers, and it was like, I right, who knows? I don't know if that was the uh, T.J. Watt year or what it was, but... Packers obviously are not interested in playing the uh oh I know what you're going to do game because they just shut that down real quick every time. But th- I mean th- this this year is just nuts. It's crazy. If you think you know what's going to happen you're out of your mind. And we're going to get into that right away because there's only one thing that seems like a sure thing. Uh, technically two, but I don't I don't think so because right? Kyler Murray is the one that everybody supposedly knows. We'll talk about it. And then number two, everybody knows Bosa's going to the 49ers. I would say I'm more certain about that than anything else. But that's assuming Bosa's even there at two. Again, we'll get there. But things are about to get crazy real quick. And and the bottom line is, even if you feel like you've got one and two figured out and you do not, number three, you have no idea what's going to happen. Because the only thing we know about number three is that, uh, they want out of that spot bad, which makes sense. Not just because they have a lot of needs. I don't supposed to. This is weird. I, I started the podcast going, I don't really have that much to talk about. And I can't even get to the preliminaries prior to the podcast because I'm ready to go. Need the, dra- the draft, man. I'm all amped up. I'm going to fight this vacuum right now. I don't even know. He doesn't even know. Keep looking at me, Eureka! This thing doesn't even work. I could kick it. Nobody would care. Airspeed. Yeah, I bet. Anyways, what are we talking about? Let's do the preliminaries and we'll dive into this. Numero uno, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. It's just a way to support the podcast and thank you so much for everybody that's already doing that. Numero doso. This is episode, I think, 395. And as I said, for the 400th episode, what I'm asking for is $4 if you haven't yet supported the podcast and are just dying to find a way to do so. It's a pretty big milestone for me every time I hit 100 uh, episodes, even though it flies by when you do a daily thing, it's still a pretty big mile marker. And I feel like that'd be a cool thing to do. I've got PayPal and I've got Venmo. Venmo is no uh, fees, so that would be much more appreciated. Oh, by the way, if you do PayPal, make sure you tell PayPal that I'm a family member, like friend or family. We're all friends, man. It's not lying. I'm not telling you to lie. I'm telling you to give money to a friend. That's all. Because then there's no fees. Otherwise, they take fees. And on a $4 donation, let's be honest, not that much left over. Uh, Facebook group, be sure to get in there. If you don't know what it is, you can search for it and you will find it. If you don't want to do that, check the description below this podcast and there is a link. So I do everything I can to simplify your life. There's also a link to everything else that I've described to you, including Patreon and the donation uh, stuff. Venmo, you're going to have to get a little bit more creative. I told you what my name is there. You're going to have to go there and type that in. You could copy and paste it as well. I'm sorry it's the best I could do um nfl draft uh, nflbigboard.com there you go just another little useful tool if you want to check it out be sure to check it out no i didn't update it yet i said i was going to but you should know by now to never listen to me when i say i'm going to do stuff because i'm probably not i'm sorry it's just it's just what happens um if you have any questions for the show call or text 608-501-0718 608 if you do want do want to call but don't want me to play the audio please tell me and i don't mean just once because I'm going to forget that you told me before, and I'll just play it the next time, and then you're going to get upset, and I'm going to say, sorry, man, I didn't know. I already know how it's going to go, I'm just telling you. you got to tell me every time what your name is. Tell me every time um, whether you want me to play it or not. and then uh, Or just text me, and then we don't have any problems. See what I'm saying? Finally, if you are planning to subscribe to Pro Football Focus, and by the way, if you do get the Edge subscription, you can get their, that's where their whole, um, you know, the draft thing is. The scouting reports and whatnot, all that information that I use, it's in the Edge, which is the cheaper one. It's like 30 bucks or something. It's kind of expensive, but anyways, if you were planning on doing that or for the NFL season and you, it's just a one-time payment, you get it for a year, so you would have this scouting report, the 2019 season, and the 2020 scouting report up through basically almost the draft. If you're planning on doing that, I have a link and it would give me a discount on mine as well as throw 10 bucks at me. Not asking for charity, just saying, if you're doing it, it would be awesome if you used my link. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll get back to punching stuff. I mean, talking about the draft and punching stuff. All right, so I'm real excited whenever we get to this time of the year, and I start digging around with, you know, rumors and stuff, because it's like a giant puzzle, and you just kind of, you know, like those detective shows where they you have the big board up there. I should do that, man. I should get, I'm just going to take over this whole basement. I'm going to say, sorry, honey. This is mine now. I'm taking this because I have a lot of plans for things that I need. But this whole wall that I'm staring at that you can't see because this is audio, not video, but just imagine a wall. You probably know what they look like. A big one. I want that to be like one of those cork boards. Except that's dumb. I should just do something on my computer, like a Word document. But whatever. It would be cooler if it was a cork board. You take all the rumors and you kind of like put them together and it just creates a a picture. And that's kind of how this mock draft is going that I'm doing and working on and hopefully it'll be done by tomorrow. But the puzzle pieces are starting to fit together, and it's unfortunate because a lot of the puzzle pieces are just lies, but um, that's kind of what we're going to work on a little bit today, not necessarily getting all crazy trying to stitch together a mock draft. That'll again be tomorrow, but I love digging into this stuff, and and I started today just to see if there's any new stuff out there, and sure enough, pretty big rumor. Now granted, this just kind of piggybacks what I've already been hearing, but this is a little bit more definitive than I've ever heard it. So essentially... What I have heard up to this point is that Kingsbury wants Murray and the GM, Kime wants Murray. The owner of the team doesn't necessarily want Kyler Murray. In fact, it was entirely possible that the ownership was just going to step in and say, no, this is not going to happen. And the most definitive thing I had heard is that the Cardinals are going to try to trade the spot and then if they can't, then they, they kind of didn't finish the sentence, which is really upsetting. But I'm assuming that means if they can't, they're going to take Murray. But that didn't really make sense because if the ownership is saying, nope, you're not doing that. We're not taking this quarterback. That's ridiculous. We just went out of our minds to get a quarterback last year. We're not doing this. This doesn't make any sense. It wouldn't make sense to like find a compromise. Like, fine, we'll try to trade it. But if we can't, we're taking this guy. Like, that. whatever. But anyways, um, I'm searching for a little bit more rumors. And there's a bunch of good websites out there. But This one is just sitting right at the top. It's Yahoo Sports. This is from yesterday at uh, 11.30 a.m. Who knows, Eastern Time or something. I don't know where this is from. NFL Draft Rumors. Cardinals will not take Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. Now, I've been wanting to believe this forever because it doesn't make any sense. Now, here is what this article says, which is very different from what I heard before. Quote, initially, the ownership pushed for Kyler Murray, and this is Pete Prisco talking. Prisco recently said on CBS Sports HQ, quote, that much I know, I was told that. Continuing on, the reason they did is that they're having a hard time selling tickets. Well, they put it out there. Arizona was lukewarm to it. All of a sudden, they're pulling back, and from what I've been told, they're going in a different direction. They are not going to draft Kyler Murray. That's a definitive statement. Now granted, who said it, how do they know, I, you know, whatever. But I don't think Pete Prisco, granted these guys aren't 100%, but he's not going to put it out there saying, I was told they are absolutely 100% not doing this, if he didn't feel like that was a pretty solid thing. But the thing that's crazy about this is that apparently this came from ownership because they want to sell tickets, which isn't, I mean, I, I okay, I believe it. Right, that's what this all comes down to. The Oakland Raiders are leaving Oakland because they don't have, and they they got nothing in the bank, man. They're in a pretty dire situation. They they just they don't have any money. And when you see the financial situation they're in right now, I kind of wonder about the hiring of their head coach slash GM. How much of that was a circus act to bring in more money? How much of them wanting to move to Vegas is about making more money? How much of them bringing on Antonio Brown is about You know, flashy, let's make more money. Speaking of, what are the odds that they end up moving up? Let's say the Cardinals do want to trade back. Maybe they want to take that spot to get Kyler Murray because it's a flashy way to get more money. Beyond that, it would make a lot more sense. Not that I'm necessarily anti-car, but, you know, he's probably not going to get you there. And it would be a flashy, cool thing to do. I don't know, man. I wouldn't doubt it. I should probably keep my mouth shut because I might have done that in the mock. I don't even remember anymore. But, you know, less than a week away now, the rumor is not doing it. Not, they might not. And by the way, it was, I forget who it was. It was some prominent, I don't know if it was Ian Rappaport or I don't think it was exactly him, but somebody said, I used to be like 95% sure or 100% sure. Now I'm like 70% sure. In other words, something happened for that person as well to the point where they're like, Whoa, maybe this isn't happening. Now I don't know exactly why ownership would have changed their mind other than, you know, not being dumb anymore. Because see this is what drives me nuts. I mean, it, how can you be that short-sighted? Because what you're you're going to sell what? Tickets to four games? Like you're going to make more money in four games until you get to the point where you're a horrible football team. You look, look you know how you sell more tickets? You win more games. The Browns are going to be making a lot more money than they had in the past. You know why? Because their team isn't trash anymore. Their team is kind of good. It's not just because they have cool, flashy Baker Mayfield. Nobody cares. They have a good quarterback and a bunch of other good players thanks to a good GM. That's what's going to make them more money. Now, it helps that they had a really strong and awesome fan base out there that's willing to stick by their disgusting trash of a football team for years. But man, oh man, to, to be that, I would hate to be working for a person who thinks that that's a good strategy. Let's do the wrong thing for our team so that we can sell more tickets because people for a little while will be really excited about this Kyler Murray guy and want to see what, they, what he can do until they realize he can't do much and then they stop coming and then we don't make any money and we're not going to be good long-term because we've made horrible decisions, you know, like, oh, I don't know, trading up in the draft to draft a quarterback and then giving him away for pennies and then drafting another quarterback instead of somebody like Nick Bosa, and then our team is trash. Because it's not even guaranteed or for sure that Kyler Murray's even better than Rosen. I don't know that. Maybe he is a little bit, and maybe he'd be better behind a trash offensive line, but how about this? Let's try to fix the offensive line! Look, look... the only way in my mind that this kind of maybe sort of makes sense is if you can get a high first for Rosen. And I would say, like, you know, Washington's first is decent. Miami's first is decent. I don't necessarily say top 10 because I don't think that's ever going to happen. But if, if you can lock up Washington or Miami's first-round pick, then yeah, maybe. But you're still dropping from 1 to 12, man. So it's a question of, you know, do you take Bosa and... Uh, you know, Rosen, or do you take Kyler Murray and Andre Dillard, you know, fixing that offensive line and whatnot? They're probably not going to get a tackle because they've locked up a bunch of guys. I don't know, man. None of this makes sense, but I'm I'm glad to hear that maybe supposedly this team is trying to f- wake up a little bit. Now, there's also talk again, maybe these two stories that I heard, number one, they're trying to trade out, and if they can't, they're just going to take Kyler Murray, and this story that they're not going to take Kyler Murray are the same story, because all they're trying to do with this fake story that they're not going to draft Kyler Murray is get a trade partner. In other words, we're not going to take him. We're going to trade away the spot. What is that going to do? That's going to get a bunch of teams that want to trade to number one to take Kyler Murray to start calling, which is what they want, because the strategy is either we trade the spot away or we draft Kyler Murray. So we're saying we're not going to take him. And we're gonna to listen to some calls and see what we can get as an, in an offer. And I'm I'm willing to bet if they're saying Kyler Murray is on the table, somebody will call up to try to go get him. Maybe somebody go up to get Bosa too, I don't know. But just just put it I mean it doesn't matter who you're not going to, just say you you're willing to trade the spot. I never understood how it was a strategy to say, oh, we're taking Kyler Murray. And then everyone's like, Well, that's because they just want everybody to, to they're trying to draft, you know, run up the the value of their spot. How? How does that make it more valuable? I I just, I don't get that. Just say, I own the spot and this is what it costs if you want to come get Kyler Murray. That's it. Saying we're taking our franchise quarterback is not going to make me think that I can come up and get it. I don't Whatever. I just, this whole thing is dumb. No, there's zero things that they could do that would make this intelligent. It's the same thing with Dave Gettleman. There's the right decision that he can make at this point that can kind of fix what he's done, right? There's a strategy. There's a situation in which... You can look at it and go, okay, that kind of makes sense and it kind of works, but there's still gonna be like one or two things that don't really fit. It's the same thing here. You can do something, but there's still going to be something along the way. Like if, if this whole thing was just a giant ruse the whole time, fine. But the way you ran the ruse doesn't make any sense. Like it, it would it would make me feel better that you're not dumb enough to think that trading up for a quarterback and then giving him away the next year and drafting a different quarterback the next year isn't you know, that, that that with that not happening, that's a good thing. But man, this whole circus act is just... A- and by the way, Cliff Kingsbury hiring was, was dumb. The only it really intelligent thing about all this crazy stuff about you guys taking Kyler Murray is that it's taken the focus off the fact that you hired Cliff Kingsbury, who is almost assuredly going to be a bad quarterback or a bad coach. I don't know that definitively, but I would be very happy to put money down, that this is not going to go the way that they hope it's going to go. It just, it has, you know, it has Chip Kelly written all over it. I mean, this is 100% a college, the, the, so there's influences of college football within the NFL. And it's slowly kind of creeping in. Like, there's certain aspects, there's certain plays, there's certain things that are starting to show up in the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury is essentially going to come in and run a college offense. Now, if it works, it's going to be awesome. And they're going to get a lot of credit for that. But, I mean, oh, my goodness. It's just everything about this doesn't make it. I mean, it's it's a coach that got fired and then took a job somewhere else and then abandoned the team that he just pledged his allegiance to, right? I, I will be working here. And then he backs out and says, I'm not working for you anymore. I'm going to the NFL. It's like, I, I don't even want – Hey, let's get the fired guy that just took a job and see if he'll abandon his responsibilities to the team that he just said he would work for. To see if he'll come to us, because that's the kind of high-character guy that I want—the guy that's not even good enough to be a coach in in college football, and that is willing to abandon his team that he just signed a contract with. That's the guy I want—the guy that's going to revolutionize the NFL. It just—it—it it, everything about that tied in with the story that he—that that, that apparently they want to get Kyler Murray just to sell tickets. This team is going to just implode. And I'm happy as a Packer fan because the more teams run by these kinds of people, the better the chances we win a Super Bowl. Please tell me half the NFL or more are run by people that are this incompetent. It legitimately makes me angry that there are people that are this I'm trying to I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to be as nice as I can, but this I just I wow. And look, hiring a coach is tough, but Oh, oh, oh. wow. Yikes. Yikes. Gross. Get out of my face. But either way, this changes everything. Because even the people that are saying, oh, we know what's going to happen within the first four, five, six, seven picks, whatever, they're only saying that because they assume that Kyler Murray's going number one. And then, you know, the 49ers take uh, Bosa number two. And then Josh Allen goes number three. And then the Raiders take, you know, I don't know, Devin White number four, whatever it is people are assuming is going to happen all that changes, especially if Bosa goes number one. If Quinnen goes number one, then then Bosa probably still goes number two. But then we still get into the situation with, well, now what? Kyler Murray's sitting there at three, so you probably get a trade partner, especially if a team wants to move up ahead of the Raiders, because the Raiders are probably thinking that they want to sit there because Kyler Murray's going to make it because the Jets certainly aren't going to take uh, Kyler Murray. But then maybe the Raiders want to trade up to get him, which isn't the worst thing in the world for the Jets, aside from the fact that they're in the same situation. Maybe they'd want to trade. That would be awesome to trade back twice. You'd hardly ever see that, but would that be awesome? Because you get a ton from the Raiders to move back one spot, and then you're still holding on to, to uh, a pretty good spot that you can trade, but maybe then you can't find a trade partner and you're stuck there. Anyways, point is, this is kind of crazy. I'm happy to see it because the Kyler Murray thing has just made me sick the whole time, and now they're probably going to take Kyler anyways. I don't know. Bottom line is, it's 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 crazy out there. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the bottom line is. That wasn't. That wasn't the bottom line. But I. I can't tell you what it is because I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know my own truth right now. Uh, somewhat of another bombshell that could change things a bit. And I kind of. I kind of actually mentioned this yesterday, as far as how high this guy could go, including you know, I talked about ranges, right? He could fall a little bit, but he could also go really high. This is something else that came out yesterday. I, I've mentioned the Jets are trying to move back, trying to move back. Apparently, if they can't find a trade partner they're looking at, and again, a lot of this is pretty made-up stuff, but they're looking real heavily at Ed Oliver at number three. So let's just pause there and and look at what the possible scenarios are at this point. Number one, they do take Kyler Murray number one. That means Bosa goes number two. That puts the Jets at number three. Now, the, the weird thing is if Quinnen's there and they take Ed Oliver, that would be pretty stunning. I I can't really imagine a world in which Ed Oliver goes before Quinnen, but I suppose it's possible because Ed Oliver does have a different skill set than Quinnen does. But if that's the way it goes, that means Quinnen Williams is sitting there at four, and he is going to go at number four. Let's change the story up a little bit, and let's say Oakland goes up to number one to get Kyler Murray. That means Bosa is still sitting there at two, so he's gone at two. Again, at number three, we're assuming the Jets take Ed Oliver. Not that I'm actually assuming that, but for argument's sake, they take Ed Oliver. Then Quinnen gets to the Jets at number, or excuse me, to the Cardinals at number four. Do they take Quinnen Williams? I would have to assume, right? The 49ers are really messing this up because what I'm essentially trying to do right now is find a scenario in which a player that is either Quinnen or Bosa, and primarily I'm looking at Bosa falls within striking distance. And the problem is, with the 49ers sitting at two, assuming that they think the same way we think, he's just not getting past two, right? Either he goes number one or he goes number two. I just don't see a situation where he's there at two and the 49ers don't take him, right? Unless somebody just offers this crazy, like if Quinnen goes number one and then the... So here here's the only situation I could see, let's just say, because again, I talked about that daydream I had where Gutekunst really wants to get a pass rusher. He's still crazy about it. We assume that it's somewhat satisfied, but no, he wants his Khalil Mack guy. Here's the situation. Number one goes Quinnen. Bosa's still sitting there at number two. The Raiders call up the 49ers and say, wait, I know what you want to do, but hear me out. Let me just jump up here because if if it gets to number three, somebody's going to leapfrog us and take Kyler from the Jets. Let me come up here. We'll take Kyler. You sit at four. The Jets aren't going to take Bosa, which they probably would. I don't know, but whatever. They accept this crazy offer. They drop back to four. They wait for Bosa at four. The Jets are still looking to trade, which seems crazy with Bosa there, but the Packers trade up to three and take Bosa. That's that's the best case scenario, but even then, it's like, why would the Jets trade it? They would just take Bosa. And why would the 49ers accept? So, Bosa's gone in picks one or two, pending a scandal. So, I don't think we can make that work. I guess the question then is, how far can we get Quinn into fall? And maybe I'm the only one that cares about this, but whatever. It's my podcast. We're going to find out. So, it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of if teams do the right thing and take the best player available, um, Quinnen's going to be gone. But if you just draft based on need, I could see Quinn and again, I don't, I'm not saying I can see as though I can see this happening, but there is a situation in which teams are drafting for need as opposed to talent, and I could see him falling as far as 9 to Buffalo. That's not to say Buffalo can't still do other stuff, but if Bosa goes number 1, and let's say Oakland goes up to number two. In other words, they trade up and they take Kyler Murray. And that has to happen because supposedly Oakland wants Quinnen. But if they trade up for a quarterback, they're not taking Quinnen. The Jets then, let's just assume they stay with Oliver. San Francisco, I mean, they, they have a lot of defensive linemen. But let's just say they want to stick with a pass rusher. They take Allen. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay could certainly take um, Quinnen. But there's a lot of talk. You know, they lost, uh, I think, Quan Alexander or whatever and they really want a linebacker, they could take Devin White at five. matter of fact, that's kind of probably where he's mocked to most. The Giants are then on the clock. Pretty easy to see where they could take a guy like Haskins or Daniel Jones or whoever. Jacksonville's on the clock. They got to work. I mean, they, they have a stacked defensive line. They don't need Quinn and Williams. It's one of the few positions they have completely locked up. What they do need to work on is their offense, particularly their offensive line. Put in there whoever you want. Detroit, again, stacked defensive line. The smart thing for Detroit to do if Quinnen makes it is to take Quinnen no matter what, but again, maybe they go for need. I mean, you got tight end that you could go for, Hawkinson, you got Sweat, you got Burns if you want to go pass rusher, you've got Corners if you want to go that route, you can go linebacker and take Devin Bush. So that would be an instance where all this craziness causes, I mean, basically the the, the whole point of this scenario is if Oakland trades up Quinnin could fall a little bit i don't i don't know that he necessarily falls this far but he could fall within striking distance and maybe detroit would even be a trade partner it always seems weird trading with a, a division rival because it's like i don't know if they really want to help each other out i mean does detroit really want to give the packers Quinnin williams but if it's beneficial you know detroit's looking at it going you know if the best player for us is sweat or burns i don't really want to take him at eight here's something else to think about though as much as there's talk about oakland trading up if bosa goes number one And they really do like Devin White, and they're willing to take him there at four. Then you've got three players you really like with three picks left. Kyler Murray, Quinnen Williams, and Devin White. One of them is going to be there. You might as well just wait to see who falls. I think it's maybe even a little bit more likely, as I said already, that uh, Josh Allen falls. I think the biggest question there is, would Detroit take Josh Allen? Because Josh Allen, again, is is much more of a 3-4 outside linebacker. If you put him hand in the dirt, you're kind of... Uh, you know you, you're taking away let me put it this way if you compare Brian Burns and Josh Allen next to each other as four three defensive ends I'm not sure how much more of an edge Allen has over Burns because Burns could very likely and, and by a lot of people's calculation is a better uh, rusher off the edge and if you're not going to drop him into coverage you're kind of taking that away from him so if the if so you know Arizona's not taking him um, San Francisco's not taking him The Jets are supposed to take him, but I don't know if I buy it. They're trying to trade the spot. They like Oliver. They could take Quinn in. Oakland isn't going to take him. Tampa Bay probably isn't going to take him. I don't think the Giants are going to take him, although that's a pretty good possibility if he makes it there to six. They could definitely use him. But it's also very possible they take a quarterback. So if they take a quarterback, Jacksonville isn't going to draft him. If the Detroit Lions don't like him because he's not a good fit for a 4-3 defense, then they don't take him. Buffalo is also 4-3. Denver already has two really good pass rushers. Cincinnati, then, is sitting there at 12, and they're another 4-3 team. So, and again, I don't know how much that actually matters to some people. I haven't heard a lot of people address it, but it is a really big difference. I mean, we make a big deal about left tackle, right tackle. Like, oh, I think he's just a left tackle. I think he's just a right tackle. But yet, hand in the dirt, defensive end, we're going to pretend that isn't different than 3-4 stand-up outside linebacker? I, I just, come on, man. It's an entirely different skill set. I mean, when you're when you're down in the dirt, you're talking about explosiveness. When you're stand up, I mean it's a it's a different skill set as far as how you get to the quarterback when you're standing up as opposed to handing I mean, look at I mean, anytime you, you change scheme, I mean you're you're giving away your players. We see teams changing their scheme and they just give people away. I mean, Aaron Campman was a great defensive end. We switched to a three four, he couldn't do anything. He just couldn't do it. It does make a big difference. And if maybe the, the general public is more hyped, hyped up about Josh Allen than everybody else, and he's seen as a very good Swiss Army knife uh, potential player, but needs to be in a 3-4 defense, how many 3-4 teams prior to the Green Bay Packers are actually going to take him? I don't think it's that unrealistic that he slides to the Packers. I always liked his value at 12 better than 3 anyway. I think 3 is ridiculous. Could it happen? Sure, but I, I wouldn't do it. Now, if he falls to twelve, I mean it's a no-brainer. I, I don't really even care who's on the board, unless it's Quinnen or or Bosa, which is impossible. I really can't think of. Yeah, I would I would take him over Devin Bush. I would. I mean it's. I, I I'm not trying to denigrate him. The only reason I'm talking down about Josh Allen is I think top five shouldn't be a guarantee. At twelve, though, absolutely he should be gone in a second, no questions asked. If if he's on the board at twelve and that clock's ticking down, I'm going to start sweating a little bit. Like, are you seriously not doing this right now? Because that's a slam dunk. So I, I, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm just, I legitimately could see him falling. It really is just a matter of how many four or three teams are going to let him slide past as opposed to just saying, look, we can put him hand in the dirt and he'll be fine. It's going to be absolutely criminal if they do what the Vikings did with Barr and just say, well, we'll, we'll draft him and we'll make him an inside linebacker. I just, that's going to kill me. But I don't, I, you know, whatever. I'm just saying I could see it happening. I think another thing, and I'm not going to super explore it right now because there's a lot that goes into it, but I do think it's interesting because the Packers are kind of in that range. Not that I really see us moving up that far, but supposedly the second half of the story for the Jets as far as them wanting to trade back is they want to target an offensive lineman. Now technically, they could trade back to six if they wanted to with the the Giants and take an offensive lineman, but in terms of value, you'd think you'd want to get back closer to ten. You probably don't want to go back too far. You want to get the best lineman available, whatever. But I, I do think it's interesting, and it does factor into things if you're trying to, if you're thinking through this the way I'm thinking through this. You're trying to make this work. You're doing mock drafts, whatever. Keep in mind the Jets want to move back, and they want to help their offense. And typically, if you want to help your offense, whether it's offensive line or whatever, you got to get back a little bit of a ways. And again, it's also relevant to us Packer fans because. I think 12 would be a pretty ideal landing spot for the Jets as far as how far they'd like to go back and how much draft capital they could acquire because they would probably get both first-round picks and more. Now, again, what in the world is going to be there? I don't think is going to be there. I don't think there's any way unless the 49ers don't take him. In which case, I'll tell you this right now, if Bosa is there at three, I think the Jets and the Packers are going to be talking. Is a deal going to get done? I don't know. But, I mean, Gutekunst has got to at least consider it. And the Jets might take that over... Offers to move back less far. I mean, 12 could just be a spot that they want to go. Right? You talk about, you know, the the Oakland Raiders could make them an offer, but they're like, no, we don't want to go to four. I think the Lions would love to move up, but they don't have the draft capital. That's kind of the problem with the, the Lions is, if anything, they're probably going to move back because they just don't have unless they want to dip into 2020 draft capital and give up. You know, maybe they could just straight up offer a 2021st to move up and get Bosa. I don't know, but I man, it's it's going to be so interesting. It's going to be every single pick basically through the first round i'm not going to know what's going to happen right out of the gate number one you know is there going to be a trade if not are they taking kyler murray or are they taking bosa or are they taking Quinnen? i don't know what they're doing and then if there's a trade it depends on what team goes up i mean if the raiders go up it's like well i'm guessing it's for kyler but it might not they could be going up to one to make sure they get Quinnen for all i don't know what they're doing i mean if the giants went up to number one it it's probably for kyler but do they want do they even like kyler i don't even know I thought they didn't. Would they actually trade up to number one for Daniel Jones or or, or Haskins? I, ju- I just, I don't have a clue what's going on. And I love that I don't know, by the way. I'm not trying to put the puzzle pieces together because I manically want to know the answer. I don't want to know the answer. I want to be surprised every single time. I just think it's fun trying to brainstorm different ideas of what is going to happen, as well as thinking what I would do is also kind of fun. But no, if, if I had the opportunity to just look at a piece of paper that said this is how the draft is going to go, I would not ever look at that. Now, maybe I could because I could capitalize on it and like do a mock draft, and then I'd be like this big hero. Oh, dude, he's like the most brilliant genius, blah, blah. blah. But it would make the draft really boring. It's kind of the moral of that story. I, suppose <laughs> I shouldn't even say it. I'm not going to say it. I mean, I... I Okay, I'll just say I was scrolling through looking at, you know, different rumors that are going on out there trying to put things together, and one of the next ones that came up is the Packers are targeting a quarterback in round one. You know, trade up to three, Packers are looking for a quarterback. It's not going to happen, I'm just saying. That, that Those two, you know, something shorted in my brain between those two electrical connections, and for a moment I, I cried inside. So that's pretty much it as far. I mean, there's there's a never-ending stream of rumors. You know, Tony Pauline says Jonah's not going top 10, which is kind of opposite of what Jonah's hearing about himself. Although it could technically be true. He's hearing he's the top offensive lineman on several teams' boards, but that doesn't mean they're taking him, they're not taking him. I I don't know. But as far as rumors, we're going to kind of leave it at that. Tomorrow, uh, I think tomorrow and Tuesday, we might be doing back-to-back mocks because, like I said, I'm doing two, so I might do both of them. It would be too confusing to do them both at the same time because there's trades and whatnot. So it'll probably be one on Monday and one on Tuesday. We'll see how it goes. But we'll take a little break and uh, talk about a couple other things. So I'm going to pretend there is chatter, although I have seen zero of it. But I can see it arising. There's a lot of talk right now that Frank Clark is being um, shopped. Frank Clark, for those that don't know, is the Seattle Seahawks defensive end, you know, pass rusher. He's only 25 years old and according to PFF stats he has had three straight years of 10 or more sacks including 14 sacks this past year. He did sign a franchise tag but if he's traded that tag is going to be rescinded most likely and he will sign a new deal. Although uh, no he's a second round pick so there is no fifth round option that would be why he was tagged that makes sense. Now I'm just saying this because I could see Packer fans saying, well, we could use one more or use the old adage, you can never have too many pass rushers, which I hate because I think in literal terms and that is literally not correct. If we have to get too literal, you could say 53 is too many. But anyways, there, there is a case for another pass rusher. And obviously the Packers, like you know, I've, I've said, drafting a pass rusher actually makes a lot of sense. So acquiring one also could make sense. Here's what I'm going to do to kind of shoot this down though. Uh, I'm just going to read one paragraph, and then we're going to leave it alone. In the same video, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero added, There are multiple teams interested in Frank Clark, but Seattle truly would like to keep him. The question would be, what price? DeMarcus Lawrence just signed a contract worth upwards of $20 million per year. You can bet that Frank Clark would want more than that. Period. End of story. Not going to happen. He's going to want 20 or more million. dollars. We can't afford that. Beyond that, looking at PFF grades for whatever they're worth, Pro Football Focus is not overly impressed by him. The stats look great so far as we're looking at sack totals. Even his pass rush overall percentage was like 14%, which is really high. I mean, that's Khalil Mack numbers. But his pass rush grade was, you know, good tackling grade was horrible coverage grade was terrible which he'd be coming from a 4-3 to a 3-4 team it just nothing about this makes any sense other than he gets a lot of sacks every year and if he came here presumably he would still get a lot of sacks i don't know i'm just throwing it out there very briefly for anyone that's thinking "Ooh, maybe we could give our pick 30 for one of the better pass rushers in the nfl because on its face that does make sense but for 20 million or more dollars per year no not after we just paid a ton of money for two pass rushers if we want another one we should draft another one and we probably will we should we absolutely should lastly and this is actually going to be more of a question to you but i'll you know i'll, I'll give an answer it doesn't have to be definitive but it's it's going to be a question for you that uh, i'd like to see you put up in the facebook group but the question is n- p- not including a trade back because that's sort of the obvious answer What would be the most Packers pick at 12? And by that, what I'm talking about is, and I've mentioned this before and several other people have, usually when we're picking at the end of the first, you can kind of pick out what teams like and what teams are going to do. And this is the best player, and then boom, they take that player or somebody kind of close. And then when you get to the Packers, they take somebody and it's like, who? I mean, not that I don't know their name, but that's not, that's, what? And for a very long time. Like I've said, HaHa Clinton-Dix was one of those where it's like, that's probably going to be the pick. But even last year with Jair, that was not many people's top five thoughts. So I'm just curious, at 12 and or at 30, what would be the most Packers picks that you can think where it's just like, I mean, I guess, okay, where you're kind of disappointed, but you're kind of like, well, I mean, they're pretty They're, I mean, they're good. I wish you would have taken one of the really good guys, but I mean, good is, is you know, is good. So at 12 it's it's maybe a little bit more difficult because there's some that are just too crazy. Like I I'm not going to say, you know, I I'm not going to say Rocky's sin at 12 or something. That's just too out there because usually these are decent value guys, you know, it's it's not like way out there, but it's still you kind of wouldn't have expected them to go there. Plus at 12 it's kind of narrowed down as far as like who the good value players are. But I think for me it's going to have to be an offensive lineman because these are a lot of these guys are people that you would assume are good value that are good players that are maybe not talked about as much but it's also a question of who I think there are several players that you could see where it's like oh they took an offensive line like if I said if they took an offensive lineman who's it going to be somebody's going to say Juwan Taylor somebody else is going to say Jonah another might say Dillard I don't know I think for me and it's kind of boring because I already uh, addressed this I don't know if it was earlier today or yesterday or what but it would be a player kind of like Cody Ford Cody Ford or Chris Lindstrom would be a very Packers pick, in my opinion. Now, granted, I don't know if offensive guard is really a Packers thing, so I could go tackle here, but we're talking about a need pick, we're talking about very, very good football players, and it's one of those things where you know it's probably a good pick, but you're still kind of like, ah, I was hoping for something cool there. You know you should be excited, but you kind of can't, and you also have to do a little bit more work because you haven't been studying this person as much as somebody like, let's say, Devin Bush. So Cody Ford kind of makes sense because it's one of those things where he's probably, if, if people are being honest in terms of talent, there's a lot of people out there that say he's probably a top 10 talent, but he's a guard. So if you adjust for that, it's kind of like, well, eh, he'll probably go in the late teens, early 20s. So the Packers will pick him. All the pundits on TV will say, this is a great pick. This is such a good thing, even though nobody mentioned it. But the fact of the matter is, it would be a good pick. It would be a good fit. It would be, you know, best player available. It would be all those things. But still, it, it, it I think that is the pick. Not, not saying I think that's who they're going to pick, that's my pick for the most Packers pick ever, because when you think about it, it's like, yeah, that probably is the best player available, and yes, that's also a massive need, so this makes perfect sense, yet nobody has mentioned it, nobody's ever thought about it, and we're all still a little bit disappointed because we wanted something cool, and we got a guard, so we're all a little bit sad and disappointed, and Twitter is just on fire. So in my opinion, Cody Ford is the most Packers pick at twelve. And I really hate to even do this, but it's kind of the same situation with pick 30, where I feel like the position that makes the most sense is going to be safety, right? We all want wide receiver. We all want tight end. Safety feels right, but it's not going to be the guys we want, right? It's not going to be Taylor Rapp. It's not going to be Nasir Adderley. It's not even going to be Jonathan Abram, who some people like, or Chauncey (laughs) Gardner-Johnson. I think the most Packers pick is going to be somebody like Deontay Thompson. All right, it's going to be right position, wrong player. Not wrong, like actually wrong, but wrong in terms of not who we want. I I guess it doesn't have to be him. It could be Juan Thornhill, but that just kind of feels right. It's going to be somebody where it's like, you know it's probably a good pick, and it's probably, I mean, clearly it's the best player on their board at that position. It fills a massive need, but I just... That's not where I was going with that. And especially when you figure defensive backs, let's just face it, the Packers are terrible at picking defensive backs early, so it's probably going to be the worst available guy. If the best ones are Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Taylor Rapp, and Sir Adderley, yeah, they're going to take Juan Thornhill. Not saying those are my guy, I'm just saying. I shouldn't be negative. I'm not allowed to be negative this year. Never mind. They're going to pick the best one, but it's not going to be the one that you and I want. So in my opinion, those are and that, that's the kind of thing i need to brace for as well because it's kind of like ooh we're going to get we're going to get something crazy at 12 and something even better at 30 man and wait till 44 that's going to be awesome yeah 44 is going to be Caleb McGarry at tackle or something oh they're going to take Gerald Willis at 44 and i'm going to snap oh man i apologize to anybody that's watching the live stream when the packers take Gerald Willis at 44 because that will end the stream right there i'm just walk i mean the stream will still be going and you'll be staring at a wall because I'm just going to walk away. That's going to make me so mad. But you know it's you know I'm telling the truth. You know that's going to happen. I mean, unless it's similar to last year where a guy that should have been gone a long time ago falls all the way down there and it's like, oh, you know who they're taking. right? Something crazy like Noah Fant falls to 44. It's like, I mean, it, it kind of has to be Fant, right? And then they would probably take Fant. But anyways, jump in the Facebook group and let me know. Uh, do as many picks as you want. I don't care. But uh, just give me your thoughts on the most Packers pick that you can imagine not your pick not necessarily what you think is going to happen looking back over the history of what the packers tend to do compared to expectations what would be the 2019 version of that anyways as i said the plan for tomorrow and possibly the next day after i'm, I'm the thought is dueling mock drafts on monday and tuesday um, but anyways we'll see what happens i will talk to you all tomorrow have a great easter Bye bye